what's the cadence in which you typically work with a lot of our clients? Is it every week that you do, or sometimes can it even veer away from that once every two weeks, maybe even once a month with a larger shoot? Um, I would, it really, it, like I keep saying it depends. It, <laughs> it really does. I, I'm it's saying this learning. because I've done it so many times where people are like, they're like, oh, I'm just going to shoot for six hours and they shoot for six hours. But after like two, their energy is depleted. Yep. All the content after that might as well not be used because yeah. their energy is bad. Content is about all about your energy. Yeah. If you've ever watched a video and you just go, and they're just like, or not. You're just swipe no matter how good the yep. editing is. It literally doesn't matter how good the editing is. So here's my answer to the question. Welcome back, everybody. We are on officially episode four. Welcome to the show. Hopefully you've checked out one, two, and three by now. Uh, today we are going to be working on making sure that we give you guys the ultimate guide, the ultimate guide in terms of how to create as much content as you possibly can in one hour uh, kind of determine what does that schedule look like for you as a content creator um, and just some overall tips and things that we've learned that we've shot with uh, probably close to hundreds of people at this point when it comes to people in the room taught different entrepreneurs what it means to uh, shoot how to shoot content there's so many different ways you can do it and ultimately there's a lot of really inefficient ways that you can create content so we want to discuss all of the things the, the good ways and some of the bad ways but mainly focus on how do you create as much content in a short amount of time? Absolutely, because so. as entrepreneurs who are committed to producing content, obviously we know the filming component needs to be done consistently, right? But everyone that we, we work with is busy. They have a lot to do. So being able to maximize the efficiency of how much we can start with and get out of each hour of filming is huge. So what I like to do first, Jake, is let's start with what are the uh, – I know you, you know you work with Filming Taylor. You work with other entrepreneurs in person to create content on a regular basis. You, you even coach other entrepreneurs to kind of submit content virtually, remotely. What are the typical deliverables that a one-hour shoot might need to yield? What is a usual, a, a recommended pattern for the amount of deliverables that one one-hour shoot could yield? Yeah, great question. So there's a lot of uh, different ways that you can go about content. It really depends on uh, what are you trying to get out of the shoot? If we're just for this example, let's let's just stick with how do you get the most out of one hour? Yeah. For the entrepreneur who's literally just got a super busy life and they're like, man, I just need to squeeze out as much content as possible in one hour. This is kind of like the formula, if you will, that I would do. Um, it'd be set aside one hour. Do not let anything else get in the way of that. They're just a absolutely like a caveat. There's like so many times where people shoot content. And they're like, is this a waste of time? And it's like, well. Shooting content is not a waste of time considering the yield that it brings. So be okay with just block a full hour off. But here's what I'd actually do. I would shoot for three different types of deliverables. The first is the YouTube video. The second is the podcast. And the third is short form content. Now, how you do all of these in one, you can. You, you might want to change the format and style, but I'm just going to go over kind of my formula that I would do if it was me. Cool. So my goal would be to take every YouTube I make and turn it into a podcast that my audience can consume. Like right. you've talked about before, you want to try to meet every single person on the platform that they're on. Yeah. So I want to do the same thing with this. I want to create one YouTube video, be able to make sure that can turn into a podcast, but also take the clips to meet people on social media with the short form stuff to more of a colder audience, like the best clips that have the most context and, and put those out. Yeah. So the way that formula actually works is a multi-step process, but it's generally pretty simple. First, come with a really good YouTube video idea or a podcast episode. Start off with a great hook, go into the meat, give the lessons, give the closing. And if you haven't, you don't know how to do that, you guys can listen in to episode number three on 
outlining your topics and even episode number two previously to how to come up with topic ideas. Yep, 100%. So the, uh, the main focus is once you get that first YouTube video done, that is in your YouTube video. That's going to be really sexy. You put that on, on YouTube, do all the editing, yada, yada, yada. The way that you get that right for a podcast is just once you're done filming, shoot a little intro. Say, hey, welcome to the podcast, blah, blah, blah. Here's what we're doing next. And then give an outro if you want to give an outro. And then from there, you can just start cutting up the short form content from there. So you want to find the best clips, take the best clips, cut them up. And those are the ones yep. that go on social. And, you know, we find that when filming, often, oftentimes the time, the hour just flies by, right? You start filming and it just goes by super quick. Um, so when they film that, obviously they can send it off to a video editing team and splice it up into various clips. How many, what's the ultimate like raw files that you want to end up with from the shoot? Is it just one long form video on a certain topic that's, you know, riffing that's let's say your podcast and then your intro and your outro, and then also a short form that's kind of a summarized version of that entire film shoot in a really short form fashion. Yeah. So the, like the file that you send to your editing team. Yep. The way that I would want it as an editor, uh, I mean, in a perfect world, it'd be like, here's the intro to the podcast. Pause for like two seconds. Then go into your YouTube hook, go into your YouTube video, do the whole thing, then do your outro, and that's okay. it. So that would be like nice. the easiest format for, a, for one team. So let's talk real quick about the pattern of content that we recommend. So the reason that we're filming weekly, right, is to create a consistent content and editorial calendar. What does a, you know, in the niche that we typically work with entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, experts of some sort, what's the amount of weekly deliverables that typically work well that we find? Uh, in terms of like what they're putting on social media, what they're creating. Omnipresently. So whether it's podcast, YouTube, short form, all of it. Um, like, I, like I said before, it, re it does depend a lot on the individual. There are some YouTubers where they are creating content once a month and that gets them millions of views. And so some people that are like, oh, the Gary Vee or this model or that person's model, I have to create six videos a day. And they're creating six videos a day with like 16 views for two years. No, that's not always the best way to do it. So no. what I would say is what can you commit to? What can you commit to quantity wise without sacrificing your quality? Right. And that all goes back to stuff we talked about in a little bit of previous episodes and more that we need to get into in other episodes of who is watching your videos. And when you know who's watching your videos, that really tells you what to do with the content you're creating, how, like when you really understand your avatar, that tells you more of your general schedule. So, but I know everyone wants the linear bite size answer. So I just gave you the nonlinear answer, but the bite size linear answer is if you can post once a day, Monday through Friday, short form with one podcast per week, that's a great baseline. That's a good starting point. It's a good baseline. And the reason why is because most people can consume one of your short form videos per day. That's not too much on you because you don't have to be this super expert speaker to get one video out per day. And in terms of podcast content, people can spend between 10 to 45 minutes per week to listen to your stuff. Any more than that starting out, people are going to be overwhelmed. Maybe you'll have a random piece of content blow up. But if you're spending one hour making content, I would not expect more than that at that small of a rate of creating yep. content. And one hour of content, usually we're able to get about three to five pieces of short form from an hour long, let's say podcast episode or YouTube long form episode, right? And then, so we don't have to worry too much about creating all these different ideas for short form. If we can commit to one episode a week, that's usually enough to keep that omnipresent strategy afloat, keeping it going and going and going. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about then kind of how do we 
get that on people's schedule? What do you typically, what's the cadence in which you typically work with a lot of our clients? Is it every week that you do, or sometimes can it even veer away from that once every two weeks, maybe even once a month with a larger shoot? Um, I would, it really, it, like I keep saying it depends. It, <laughs> it really does. I, I'm it's saying this learning. because I've done it so many times where people are like, they're like, oh, I'm just going to shoot for six hours and they shoot for six hours. But after like two, their energy is depleted. Yep. All the content after that might as well not be used because it's yeah. just their energy is bad. Content is about all about your energy. Yeah. If you've ever watched a video and you just go and they're just like bored out of their mind nothing you're just swipe no matter how good the yep. editing is it literally doesn't matter how good the editing is yeah but if somebody's very energetic right out the gate it's great that content the the input to output yield is so much stronger when you just understand your energy so here's my answer to the question even though it's not linear and if you want to push you can but i really like to see people go hey how long can you create content can you create one or two pieces of content like really one or two really good youtube videos and then stop See how your energy feels. Can you do a third? Can you not? It's all about energy management when it comes to content. So it's more of a testing thing. I like to see people do, usually most people can handle about an hour to two hours when they're first starting. Yep. And very rarely can people go past like four to five hours. It's just content is exhausting. And yep. in a lot of times it is, most of the time, unless it's like very chill podcast format, it can be awesome. But 100%. So, Let's talk real quick about some of the gear that's needed to achieve this. A lot of times people will even be working from home in a webcam type setup where they have a DSLR mounted above their computer with a light, a mic. Let's talk about the mics that we use. If you're watching on Spotify or YouTube, let's talk about these mics. What's kind of a recommended camera that people who are just starting out might want to get started with. So let's start with camera. What would you typically recommend? So recommended camera, a lot of people are just like very confused by this, but I love it when people use a Sony a6400. Sony a6400s are just fire. They're 4K Sony's, fantastic quality. They work in low light conditions. Most people don't know yeah, how to do Sony lighting. is great for low light. Yeah, they're not videographers and they're like, oh, well this photographer told me to get a Canon. I'm like, you idiot, get Sony. It's 800 bucks, 900 bucks. Works fantastically well. I've used it for very high production shoots in terms of like expectations for clients. It's amazing. They don't know the difference between that and usually like cinema cameras. It's, oh, yeah. it's it can be very. I difficult mean, for and ultimately, when your content oftentimes is going to be, you know, parsed down to standard cell phone, watched back on a cell phone or, or down on YouTube, it doesn't necessarily need to be super super high res. 1080p, yeah. plenty fine. Sometimes even 1280 by 720. Um, Tell me about the recording limit. Does that have a limit beyond 30 minutes or is that capped? Uh, A6400 is the only Sony that does not have a capped recording limit. I forgot to bring that up. Yeah, that's a good point. Wow. Yeah. So. And they've actually made more cameras beyond the A6400, right? The, iterating that specific line, which has more and more features. But ultimately, a lot of that's kind of overkill. Yeah. I mean, it's it. good if you're willing to spend a little bit of extra money, right? But if, you, if you're working within that budget and you still want that massive value, yeah. A6400. Yeah, grab the A6400. There's a couple little features I'll just name off real quick. The autofocus is great. The colors are great. Uh, if you just get it, you can get plug-in batteries for like 13 bucks, so you never have to worry about changing the battery on them. Yep. They've got all the ports that you need for wireless microphones, for HDMI. Like, we're using A6400s to shoot this right now. Right. I'd be willing to pick a $15 Starbucks gift card to the one person who can figure out that we are shooting with a full-frame camera on one of these cameras. You probably wouldn't know. Right. We're shooting with two A6400s and a A7 III. No one has any idea which one it is. I'd be very surprised if people oh, yeah. figured it out. And, and it all, a lot of that, too, has to do with the lens. 
Yeah. Okay. So the <laughs> so now let's talk lenses. This is all like stuff that comes second nature because I used to be a photographer. I was a photographer for a while, and that's like all I did, videography stuff. But um, yeah. So I would suggest if you're getting a 6400, get a 28 to 70 millimeter lens. Um, those those seem to work great. Don't get like the 18 to 50 millimeter tiny little one. That one's it's just garbage. I'm sorry. It's not great. So get the Sony a6400. Get a plug-in battery and get a 28 by 70 millimeter lens. Uh, we might even want to create some affiliate links for Amazon just yep. like a shopping cart. Yep. Um, amazing. Now, one of the things, too, to, to keep in mind about the, since we are going with a crop sensor, APS-C, right, we need to have... Hold on. Before any, we say that to a bunch of people who have no idea what a crop yeah, sensor is. Yeah, so rather you mentioned full frame <laughs> earlier. Full frame is a larger sensor that has ultimately achieves a wider view. Whereas a crop sensor is a, th a th smaller sensor that achieves a little bit more of a zoomed in look. And the way you can combat the zoomed in effect, if you're, especially if you're filming close up, is by going with a wider lens. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned, I think, 24 to 70 lens. You can, there's other lenses that are, one of them that I know I've written down is the, the 16 by 55 millimeter. So that's similar as a 24 to 70 on a full frame. Whereas you go down to APS-C crop sensor, you can get the 16 by 55. And that you can even go the nice Sony G series at the 2.8 f-stop, right? So you can get that nice shallow depth of field, which looks really nice. Yeah. And that's great. So either of those lenses will work. But I want to say if you are working specifically on like a webcam setup with this camera, you don't you want to make sure that you do have a lens that's wide enough. So if you do that 24 to 70, go you'll probably end up having to go pretty wide. Yeah, if, at that point, if you're doing that, if you're doing a webcam specifically for that type of scenario, I would do the 16 millimeter Sigma yeah. 1.4 millimeter. So that's Sigma 16 millimeter Sigma 1.4. Okay. So the so, 1.4, just so yeah. you guys know, like a little lesson, I promise I won't confuse you. But the lower that number is, like the 1.4, 3.5, the mm. lower that number is, the more blurry your background is. Right. So if it's 1.4, it's going to be really blurry. If it's on the camera, if it's 5.6, it's not going to be so yeah. blurry. It's kind of that like portrait mode that portrait mode and the iPhones are yeah. trying to mimic. Yeah. Although I think actually that's a little bit actually authentic because there's multiple lenses that it's one of them is out of focus. One of them is in focus and it's combining them. But uh, great. Now, the one downside to consider is that there is not a, a variable focal range with that. So you, if you want to achieve a different shaped background, you have to pull your camera farther away from you or push it closer. Yeah. Right. But then you do get that beautiful 1.4 look. So. Definitely, I would add that if you've got the budget to the arsenal, um, but then definitely go with one of these uh, these variable focal ranges like 24 to 70 or the 15 to 60, uh, 55 that we're, we're talking about. And if you have a MacBook, you could also run with an iPhone. With uh, Last year, they introduced a feature that you can use like this little, I forget, you can put it onto your MacBook, but you can use your iPhone as a webcam. Ooh, I used my iPhone cool. for one of our Femi videos and no one realized it was an iPhone. Wow. Everyone thought it was a Sony. So you can use your iPhone for really, really good quality stuff. Hacks. Yeah. Hacks, I say. So beyond that, obviously, we would need an SD card. Typically, just get a high... If you're filming 4K, which you probably won't need to, but we'll need to film. Just get a 256 gig SD card, you know, Pro -grade. high end. ProGrade, it's usually. ProGrade, 256 gig. We'll, we'll put a list in the comments. I promise. We cool. won't make you guys do all this research yourself. Amazing. So, you know, card reader, capture card. Okay, so let's talk about if it is a webcam. Obviously, it can't just be plugged straight into your computer via an HDMI. It needs to actually go through what's called a capture card, right? Mm -hmm. How do people find something like that? 
Yeah, there's a little thing on Amazon. If you literally look up video capture card, it's like cool. on the first one that pops up. So we'll And again, put, you put in the links, yeah. Yeah, yeah. We'll put in the links below because basically you need your setup You consists of a couple things. And you can configure this in so many ways. And so I just want to make it really simple for people. Um, you need a camera, a battery to power the camera. You need a way to get the signal from the camera into your computer. And then you need a microphone source. That microphone can also plug into your camera. You can plug into your camera or it could plug in separately into your computer. So you could do microphones similar to this where yeah. it's more professional podcast style. You've got this thing. This needs to go through a little box and that goes into your computer. You can do that through a simple audio interface, which we can leave in the co like in the show notes as well. Mm -hmm. um, you could also take a wireless microphone system or just a shotgun mic, like a little road mic, stick it on the top of your camera, plug it into your camera. And if you have an HDMI cord, go out of your Sony and go into this little capture card thing. Your computer will recognize the video signal and the audio signal. Yeah. So there's multiple ways that you can do your setup just to, but just want to keep it really simple. Camera, power, get the signal over to your computer and then make sure you've got audio and you can run that audio separately to your computer via a microphone like this. Or if you want to just run a wireless mic. Absolutely. Cool. Yep. And the, the beauty of that too is you can just jump into a Zoom webinar, for example, set your camera source and audio source just to be that HDMI capture card. Mm -hmm. And boom, you've got it. You're great. Um, that's super cool. So let's talk then about you know, how do you actually mount that? There's a, a series of mounts and things. You know, you can mount it behind the screen or mount it to your desk, uh, holding the camera and the, even a side support light or the mic and all that. Any specific one you recommend or just say check out the one in our show notes? Yeah, I would check out the one down there. I mean, there's some boom arms that you can use. Yeah. Like, I think from B&H we got some. Yep. Um, my favorite way is if you have the room, I prefer using a tripod. If I have the room in a room to use a tripod, I would rather use that yep. because I can move it to different parts of my room. I can change yep. it up because eventually you get bored or you want to yep. move it. Yeah. I, if you need to use a boom arm, you can. Okay. They're just a little clunky and can be a little annoying. Yeah. So. What about lights? I wish you guys could see the light we're using right now, but just a quick easy light setup for people. What would you recommend the type of route they should go? Um, I would recommend there's like a $40 uh, softbox called Mount Dog. You can just use that off of Amazon. It's 40 bucks. It doesn't have any settings to it. It's just on and off, but it'll give you some basic lighting, some basic stuff. And my recommendation honestly would be to like talk to somebody who actually knows what they're talking about when it comes to lighting and yep. uh, maybe people that are doing YouTube setups in your area comes to lighting get some get some professional advice yeah. absolutely absolutely <laughs> cool man and you know a lot of this is is things that we've used right but every studio setup is going to be a little bit different yeah so definitely check out the link the list of our recommended gear in the show notes um and feel free to look at the recommended similar items in amazon cart we, we try to build all this on amazon or bnh links um, but customize it and, and if you need help reach dm us and we're happy to help give some recommendations uh, so hope this episode helped. Ultimately, for a quick recap, the, the purpose of this really is to get consistent, plant, set a weekly hour shoot to capture content, whether that's a podcast and a YouTube and a couple of shorts. Maybe even do it bi-weekly if you'd prefer and do two hours, but probably don't exceed that because like Jake, you're saying, it's, it's tough. When you go beyond that, the energy starts to drain. It's difficult. But getting consistent and then get yourself set up with gear because the, nobody wants to be held back by and be prevented from starting to film because of a lack of gear or a lack of preparation, right? When we're prepared, 
we can just take the action without any added obstacles. We've got enough obstacles in our life to begin with. Why not add more? So prepare, film, and then what's next? You just, you've got the files handed off to your team. And then from there, they can really split it off into all kinds of deliverables, whether it's three to five short forms, publishing your podcast, publishing YouTube stories, even Yep. you can repurpose that into email, nurture content, blog content, really just continue to get omnipresent. Yep. Cool. hundred percent. Awesome guys. Well, get out there, go film your content, share with the world, the expertise that you've learned. Let's go. We'll see you guys in the next one.